In our series, A String of Pearls, Dutch Buzz contributors speak to people who have made an exceptional contribution to our local community. People whose passion for what they do have had an added value for the city of The Hague. First as long-term director of the Alliance Française, and now with brand new initiatives, Dominique Fontaine has been serving both the French and the Francophile communities in The Hague. At first sight, she seems to embody the very essence of Paris. But this active member of The Hague's international community tells Dutch Buzz she's lived outside of France for most of her adult life. Her 30 years in The Hague were preceded by long-term postings in Spain and Portugal. She started by explaining how the Netherlands are not so very different to our neighbors in the south. Portugal is uh, also a small country. The Netherlands is also a small country. Portugal has got a big cousin in the back. And the Netherlands, they do too have a big cousin in the back. And that's Germany and Spain. They both went on to the seas to find new spaces to explore but also to expand both countries. However, Portugal are still dreaming, poets they are, and they are nostalgic. Uh, la saudade, saudade is, is, is a very typical uh, word, saudade, uh, nostalgia. So they, when they explored, they were the first in Japan, for example, they were um, in Goa, they were lots, but they didn't maintain much like the Dutch did when they came after the Portuguese to follow their route. Um, Dutch were much more business-related, commercial spirit and um, did something that the Portuguese uh, didn't dream of. The Dutch are also uh, hard workers, but they have a completely different way of, of doing. And that's a northern way of uh, doing things, living. Yeah? Um, they, keep, they keep moments uh, to themselves, for their family, to gather together, to enjoy uh, gathering together. Of course, they are very strong in terms of negotiations. But a deal is a deal. And when you make a deal with them, um, they will accept. You don't even have to have a contract sometimes. And if you fail to comply with the deal, then it's over. Forget about their trust. You have lived all around Europe, so England, Spain, Portugal, the Netherlands, France, of course, and you speak many uh, European languages. Do you consider yourself European first or French first? Yeah, I like this question. <laughs> I am Parisian. <laughs> if that's French, yes, Paris is in France. But I am Parisian first, but I am European, yes. Yes, definitely. 
Since arriving in The Hague, a little bit of history here, since arriving in The Hague, you've, you've been working full-time at the patent office, but you've also been deeply involved in external activities, voluntary work, um, to support the French presence in the city, notably through the Alliance Française. Can you tell me a little bit about what you did there? When you live abroad, you, me personally, I need to um, still have a a contact with uh, my country and I always did that not in Spain but, but in in, uh, in Portugal a lot uh, as well with Alliance Francaise so here in the Netherlands I um, was elected not that I wanted but I was elected um, president of the Alliance Francaise in The Hague uh, at a time that I had the possibility to do it, let's say, to create some time for the para activities, activities in parallel for volunteering. Um, and that was possible, why? It's because it was a big, uh, it was the biggest Alliance Francaise in the, in the Netherlands with almost 400 members, but they were not a centre de cours, so uh, no language activities, so meaning no teachers, no lessons, no structure, so there was no structure, no building, nothing. And this was possible because activities of um, an association um, was much easier for me for developing cultural activities that I liked a lot combining um, writers and journalists, having debates uh, on political aspects. Um, so that was, that was fun. But then in 1997, uh, the new ambassador wanted the Institut Francais in The Hague uh, to close down. And he asked me to uh, take over the activities of the language center. So I took uh, over this in 1997 and uh, set up a centre de cours. And uh, we started in 1997 uh, with buildings in The Hague, in, in the Kettingstraat. Um, we had 400 uh, students then and when I left the keys to uh, the Dutch uh, president that followed me uh, we had uh, 1250 uh, students so it was a success I must say together with uh, activities cultural activities and uh, development of the Delft and Delft it was really uh, a good thing uh, to have. Just uh, as a footnote, the DELF and the DELF are the diplomas for people taking French language, uh, French as a foreign language. And the DELF is for the entry to universities in France. And these diplomas were only done by Institut Francais. So when I took over, I decided to have this DELF and DELF, which was also a, a bit of a, a fight with the uh, the embassy and the cultural uh, conseiller. So, so now you're not at the Alliance Française anymore, but you have been behind the creation of a number of initiatives 
uh, that bring visibility to the Francophone community in The Hague. Now at present that I, I have uh, stopped um, my professional uh, life, I uh, am dedicating a bit of my time to volunteering. Uh, volunteering this time for um, an association, a French association, uh, dealing with um, uh, ZZP, which is Auto Entrepreneur in the Netherlands, uh, freelancers and small enterprises um, that are set up in the Netherlands, uh, registered at the Chamber of Commerce, and that we try to give them more visibility. Uh, we have created an, um, an annuaire, uh, which is called Annuaire AGIRFE, and uh, you can register. The first year that was the pandemic, so uh, that was for free. Uh, we had uh, 150 announcers, and uh, this year the uh, second publication will be, uh, so it's uh, September, will be with a uh, small uh, contribution of 30 uh, euros, just to um, make sure that um, the companies, the small enterprises that can continue to be uh, visible and we extend, we try to extend this, we have now 160 and our objective is to have in September 200. And the advantage of being in this, uh, in this register of yours, in this annuaire, is uh, that people can, can easily find French-speaking companies in the Netherlands. It's to give them visibility, but also to invite them uh, to present their activities. And we organize uh, debates between several uh, of them to combine with uh, their experiences and their professional um, uh, way of doing things uh, in the Netherlands, yes. Uh, the other uh, initiative is that um, I am also co-founder of a foundation, a Dutch foundation, but which is a think tank um, and which has uh, the objective to address the French community or the francophile to reflect on, on the, the life, uh, the, the time that uh, we are living, the times that uh, are difficult. We had a 5G uh, debate with uh, an engineer dealing with that. We had also La Francophonie, which is, uh, of course, one of the uh, pillars. We had uh, something to do with um, home working and a specialist for uh, the back and uh, all the ergonomy. Um, we are trying, let's say, Every every month and a half, to have uh, discussions about about uh, different topics. In a way, it echoes uh, some of the activities you were doing while you were at the Alliance Française as well, organizing debates, organizing discussions in French. Uh, yes, indeed. However, it's, uh, it has now a notion of um, more reflection because in the times we live, we need to reflect a bit more and to take more time to think about what all that means hmm? why do we why do we want to rush to do things and maybe we could do that differently so it's um, it's more mature
in a way. Well, what kind of issues do French residents of The Hague face? There are uh, different layers of uh, in the French community. There, there are the new arrivals, so to speak, that will not stay long in the Netherlands. So they, there, they have a need to know everything immediately. Where, where I can find this, where I can find that, a good uh, butcher who knows how to cut the meat the way you were used to for years, you know. Um, what is the difference between um, the medicine in the Netherlands and in France? To learn the main differences between the two countries, because the two countries are, are very different. There are several groups actually. Uh, there, there is a rich um, network of uh, French groups uh, selling uh, on the internet, helping uh, mothers that are working, also uh, taking care of the kids at weekends, but doing interesting activities outside. Also trying to help in terms of uh, medicine, what you can do, where to find a doctor that will speak French to you and explain to you the differences yet. Yeah, there is a lot. You support not just French people, but also the French-speaking community. Um, can you tell me how their problems differ from those of French nationals? And can you provide support for them too? Uh, so the francophile we talk about, um, they are all... It can be from uh, different environments, uh, different nationalities. We help for Agirefeu, for example, we, we help Dutch, speaking fluently French, and selling French um, products, let's say. And, and they are willing to, uh, to appear in the annuaire, etc. But to, to help the other communities, they don't have that difficulties really they, they don't have difficulties in in integrating you you find that more in um in a french community where they are not risking to learn a new language because they don't want to make mistakes and doing that year after year they haven't learned a word of dutch what about for example french speakers from africa so these communities I was related to when I was in the Alliance Française. But in the new uh, environment uh, now with uh, the think tank and uh, Agirefeu, uh, we don't have these communities actually because they are more integrated, it looks like to me, they are more integrated in the Dutch communities. And the international communities of these countries coming for a short time. They are more integrated into international communities, uh, English speakers. Now there are elections coming up for French people living abroad. France is the only country that offers its citizens living abroad the chance to be represented at actually all levels of politics, including having a representative in the French parliament. Um, but there's also a group of volunteers standing for election as conseiller des Français à l'étranger, so consular advisors for French people living abroad. Uh, the budgets 
which were allocated to uh, consulates abroad, French consulates shrunk, and therefore the consulates don't have staff anymore, enough to, to deal with uh, the uh, communities. Uh, the French have got a, a, a very good and uh, a clear um, a clear mandate what they want to do with their communities abroad. Um, they want uh, them to relate to their country, so to be able to uh, vote for the president and uh, to be able to be part of uh, their uh, community. These uh, conseillers des uh, Français de l'étranger is to help the consulate, uh, bridging between the consulate and uh, the authorities. Can you give me some concrete examples of what these conseillers do? They help the consulate to uh, decide upon the uh, dossiers for bourses, for families that are not able to pay for the uh, children's uh, education, which means in the Netherlands, uh, 40 families are concerned by this. It's a lot of work because the, the group meets uh, twice or three times a year to decide upon the results of the children who've got this bourse and to also continue or to give uh, this money to other families. So that's a, 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 main, a main project, let's say. Another uh, project is to ensure that the francophonie is uh, alive in terms of cultural activities, but also together with uh, the Dutch, because the Dutch also like the French um, culture. And um, other activities are indeed to help as far as possible with the Société de Bienfaisance, SFB. That is a foundation that helps Erasmus students, French, that um, are a bit lost sometimes. We don't see that, but they are a bit lost. With the pandemic, they were completely lost. And the SFB, together with the conseiller, helped them to, to find, to, to settle down. Now, there are different groupings of uh, the conseiller. They're, they're grouped into lists uh, under which the, the candidates are arranged according to their political leanings. Why is it necessary to have a political bias in this role? Actually, only one has got a role. Uh, but the four other lists have not. They are independent. They might be inclined to have ideas, political ideas, who hasn't. But they are independent lists. And indeed, as you rightly stated, these conseillers are not politically attached shouldn't be attached to a party because they are helping the community. You vote according to the program that uh, they will present. It's according also to the personalities of uh, the lists, elements of the list that um, make you think, yeah, they could do something new, they could do something helpful uh, for the community. 
Dutch Buzz. We focus on the international community in The Hague. Dominique Fontaine, I asked you in the first part of the interview if you feel more French or more European. And you told me you were Parisian. <laughs> and now I'm going to try and find out in this part of the interview, I would like our listeners to get to know you a little better as a person. So I asked you to bring some objects from home. It's a photograph uh, of me um, at my uh, first wedding. <laughs> I was 26. Um, when I was entering the adult world, <laughs> that was very, mm, very mysterious still. And um, I was full of uh, energy and uh, curiosity and uh, I think it, it was the photograph uh, gives a, a vital uh, energy, I think. How do you feel when you look back at that picture? I, I wouldn't say I would like to go back to those times because I'm not the type of uh, looking back and say uh, it was much better in those days. No, no, but it's to say that was a, a step um, in uh, in my life and that was not naivety, but that was uh, just freshness. Another object is that uh, a little notebook it uh, represents the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> so it's uh, something that uh, I like very much. It's a nice monument. Uh, I went up to the top with my grandfather and my grandmother, uh, but she had vertigo, so it was with the grandfather and my <laughs> brother. <laughs> and that's uh, a very nice uh, memory. What do you write in your notebook? Notes that uh, I, um, I hear from uh, the radio, uh, listening to uh, different radios, etc. That uh, an idea that uh, was discussed, uh, a book, a film, uh, whatever things that uh, then I can uh, look back and say, hmm, maybe I will read this book or I will uh, see this film or this exhibition. Yeah, concrete things. But uh, I like to write, so um, I always have my pen with me. Well, I can see some juggling balls on the table. Yeah, juggling balls. Uh, I like to juggle quite a lot. I used to juggle with three balls uh, because I mm, broke my arm recently. I can't do that anymore. So I still have my two balls that are with me by my uh, laptop uh, all the time, but I can juggle with two balls, yes. And my uh, my juggling started when I was a little girl with my grandfather. <laughs> I can show you. And you said your grandfather taught you to juggle. So is it a, a little bit of him that, uh, that you feel every time you, you have your juggling balls with you? A bit of him, yeah. He was a wonderful uh, grandfather. <laughs> I like the fact that all your objects, in one way or another, have been stamped by a, a memory of Paris. Can you tell me about the book that you've brought? It's an author called Dominique Loro. I have several books of her. Uh, this one is about L'art de la simplicité, the art of simplicity. I like it because 
I don't need to read from uh, one chapter to the other one to understand whatever. It's really uh, according to uh, your needs or according to what you are feeling at uh, the present, in the moment, to relax, uh, to take distance and to try, for me it's important, is to try to, um, to simplify because I have been quite uh, very busy uh, throughout uh, my uh, years and rushing all the time and I am not a consumption addict but I had my little addictions and I'm trying to stop that by <laughs> by not emptying the house because I find it extremely difficult but at least to tend to a more minimalist uh, way of doing things. And I'm quite uh, successful in, in some parts. Uh, that's why I, uh, I recommend this book, L'Art de la Simplicité. It's a, a lovely book. So what would your top three tips be for simplifying your life? Don't panic. Take distance and try to listen more to your intuition. That was Dominique Fontaine, pillar of the French community in The Hague, talking to Dutch Buzz. I'm Aisha D'Souza. Meet the international community in The Hague. Den Haag.